0: I V M Hey everyone, welcome to Shunyawan episode 121. Amit, how's it going?
1: Uh, are you talking to me? Yes,
0: I am talking to you. Because <laughs> okay, now, <all> right. <laughs> one more time uh, this season. We have uh, two Amit's on the show. Uh, yes, we Amit. do. Yes, we do. But this Amit. is
1: this is a very different kind of Amit than the other earlier Amit that we had. I mean, like you know, in within the but tech ecosystem, Amits are alike. Well, that is uh, that, that that's what the word means, right? I mean, like yes. that you know that you're unique in your own way, I guess. But no, I mean, yes. uh, you know, I mean, like within the uh, within the sphere of stuff that we talk about, right? Like Amit Sumani was this. Uh, is a VC and like this, and Amit um, Malik, who we're about to talk to, as a very, very different kind of uh, startup that he's working on, uh, which I think is really yeah. interesting. Uh, but but I, I feel like it's really contrasting to the other Amit in that sense.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, I'm looking forward to meeting more and more Amits now that we've sort of <laughs> gone down this
1: path, because <laughs>
0: you, you, you can there's, see there's, how diverse the
1: Amits can get. There is no shortage of Amits born in the 70s. No shortage <laughs> of Amit in the seventies or
0: eighties. Lovely, <laughs> lovely. But Amit, uh, well, Doctor Amit Malik, uh, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks for being here, and uh, it's great to have you. Uh, since you are another unique Amit, uh, why don't you sort of help
2: us with an introduction to your unique self? Uh, for obviously everyone of our listeners as well. Thank you, Shilad. Uh, and, and just carrying on with that story for a second. Uh, when you go to medical school, your batch gets divided into uh, into 16 or 17 people in a clinical unit. And mm-hmm. for some reason, this I do it by first name instead of second names. when I was in medical school. And... And there were sixteen wow. Amit's and one Amita, so that's the the clinical unit batch was. So, so and, and and so this that's that's the start of my introduction, I guess. So, I I'm I a medical Lovely. doctor. I I went I went to medical school here in India, got uh, uh, nearly twenty years ago, and and then uh, went off to the UK to train in psychiatry. I I, I, I trained in psychiatry uh, in, in 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 Nottingham, uh, and uh, for about six years. Uh, then started practicing as a consultant psychiatrist in the NHS. And, uh, and over a period of time, developed an interest in delivery of mental health at, at scale. Right, So I, I was, I was mm-hmm. running in, running and managing the services I was working in. Uh, which started with my own clinical team of 14 to a slightly wider service of about 240 people and, and then a service of about 200 people, which is why I decided to go to business school. So I went off to London business school, did my MBA and then came out and joined the board of a mental health care organization back in the UK you know but wow. uh, but but the the interesting uh, part of the, when i reflected on my journey was that throughout this time i worked with a lot of professional bodies i was on the board of the royal college of psychiatrists i was on the board of the european board of psychiatry and and the uh, interesting part was that a lot of effort was put in by people within the profession outside the profession public and private sector and there, was, there still seemed to be a large gap between people who needed mental health support and, and and people who were getting mental health support and this is a global phenomenon it's not just an india story it's a global phenomenon and that gap is about 95% in india right 95% of people who need mental health support in india don't get it right and so when i in my, in the last two years on the, in this board level role with this with this large mental health provider just outside london i worked with a lot of technology companies and for the first time really saw the impact technology was having in, on early access improved engagement uh, better improved outcomes on uh, people accessing mental health services, and so uh, it came to an inflection point in my career. So uh, about seven years ago, uh, decided to jump off the the, the, the career ladder and, and move back to India and and set up something and that's technology driven in the mental health space in India. So that's the genesis of uh, what's now called Inner Hour. But but that was uh, that was sort of my initial journey. Came back. Uh, uh, worked with a few healthcare organizations there for about a year, and then started in back in 2016. So about five years ago now. So that, that's my background. Wow. So.
0: wow, and it's and I mean, I was actually going to ask you that you know we typically have a lot of folks on the show uh, since it's about startups, it's under entrepreneurship, uh, and obviously a lot of technology. But uh, most of your life, you've actually been. Uh, a doctor and you've been a, you know, obviously a clinical psychologist, you, you're, you've you devoted yourself to the service. And then in the last five years, you've sort of uh, uh, jumped on board this uh, technology entrepreneurship roadmap. How did you make that shift uh, in that sense?
2: It, it, it was a bit more gradual than that. As I said, even, even before I moved back and even while I was in, in, in the UK, a lot of my time gradually was being spent on Running and managing services, uh, and then uh, my my clinical practice was contracting over a period of time. Anyways, and and, uh, and so so you're using a lot of tech in your service, uh, even not then, really. No, so the, the, my my, I, 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 my first exposure to tech in a in the mental health space in, in a, at scale happened really around 2011, 2012, right? So uh, that was the time we started partnering with a lot of the early stage mental health companies in the London ecosystem, uh, either uh, for our own services or our own patients, but also partnering with them to expand our services, right? So that was the first time I worked with online patient communities, uh, patient consultation platforms, uh, text and chat-based therapy platforms for the first time to really, and really started seeing the impact that these, at that time, really smaller organizations were having on patient outcomes and patient engagement. That's what really attracted me. I was, I, I was pretty convinced. You know, there's huge challenges in mental health globally around uh, workforce distribution. So there's not enough people, at the, uh, not enough professionals right, globally in, in the yeah. mental health space. In India, India's it's, 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 the situation is really bad in terms of the, the number of mental health professionals they have in this the country. Ratio, yeah. So, so, uh, so it, it became very clear that at some level, technology had to play a big part in leveraging that very, very scarce resource fully to, to drive outcomes for people who really needed the services. So, so that was my first exposure. I think 2011, 2012 was when I first got exposed to tech and mental health. I had built a tech product before that in a different life. But, uh, but 11, 12 was the first I time I got uh, exposed to technology and mental health in a, uh, in a scalable manner. So.
0: 2016... I mean, I just want to make a may just ask one more point. Like 2016 to now, it's been five years that you've actually been doing this in India as a tech product, right? As a so you're you're I would say you started early in in the journey of let's say mobile apps and tech. I mean, how's that been for five years? Because I mean now of course apps are all over. I think the adoption is a lot more. But at 2016, I. I remember the
2: app adoption economy was just sort of starting. So we didn't we didn't set out to build an app, right? So we had no yeah. idea of what we were gonna build, frankly, when we first started. The thesis was very clear that this is a large problem. India has about 197 million people with mental illness, right? And very, very few professionals to support that uh, that need. And we were pretty confident that technology will play a huge part in any sustainable and scalable solution, right? So so that was that was what we knew at that time, right? And I'd love to tell you we had, had a full a full roadmap and plan on day one, but I didn't, right? And then the second commitment we made to ourselves was we're going to listen to the users. So we said we, we told ourselves that what we're going to do throughout the journey is actually put our ear close to the ground and keep listening to people who need the service and are using the services rather than building it just ground up. Right. So rather just saying, okay, I'm a psychiatrist with 15 years of experience. I'm just, I know what to build and we'll just build it that way. We'll we'll we'll, we'll actually do it the other way around. We'll actually pretty much build a product roadmap that's user-led and user-defined in, in many ways. Nice. And that's kind of what we've done. So the and the app came out of that. So when we first built our first platform, which essentially can consist of assessments or, or, or self-assessments for, for individuals, but also then the option to speak to a therapist if required, we ended up having nearly 100,000 user conversations in the first 15 odd months. Right, and a couple of messages came out very clearly. Right, their first message was that users really wanted to start that mental health journey and conversation by first working on themselves. Right, it was the the, uh, the there was a bit of reluctance to jump, and that's true for all healthcare. Right? if you think about it differently, you, you if you have a headache, you don't suddenly go and see a doctor. Right, you yeah. you try and solve it yourself. Take take a tablet or, or get some rest or or, or but or, or get a head massage, but that's the first step you do. right? You do some self care, uh, and and, yeah. and 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 similarly in mental health, uh, there was a reluctance around saying, okay, I'm not feeling great, I'm going to see a therapist. And so there's a, there's a there's a big there's a big gap that needs to be filled. And frankly, as a mental health professional, I hadn't appreciated it that much, but when I, when when you started listening to you and getting that feedback it became very clear that's what we needed to build as a first step. So that that's the genesis of the app that first got developed as a self-care right. app. And uh, yeah, and that's just, uh, that that got a lot of traction. So we've just focused on making that better and better while we build the other, other bits of the ecosystem out. Essentially.
1: Uh, can you describe the app a little bit? Can you kind of give an idea of like what somebody's journey would be when they get onto the app?
2: Absolutely. So let's take a step back and say what, what did we try and build, and what and what are we still trying to build? It's an ongoing journey for us. Uh, what we really tried to build is saying, if you wanted to get a good psychological therapeutic experience, which means in simple terms, you wanted to go to a good therapist, right? What would your experience be like? And so, and can we digitize that experience in some way? Right. Now, with the caveat that not everything can be digitized, and some people and some situations demand for, from a clinical safety perspective that people are seeing face to face. There is there are bits that can be digitized and automated, right? So what we did was we sat down as a group of therapists, psychiatrists, tech guys, I've got a fantastic product team. Over a period of nine months, just tried to crack that. So uh, so contrary to everything you hear about build fast, break fast in the in the startup ecosystem, we just spent about nine, 10 months building and breaking indoors without Taking it out to anywhere else because we were not convinced that we even wanted to do a test, user test to stuff we were building. And the, what we were trying to build was saying, if you were to go to a good therapist, what would a standardized experience look like for you, right? And part of that, uh, part of that has to be that it has to be personalized, right? Because if we go to a good therapist, the conversation they'll have with you is a personalized conversation to a large extent. So we took those two elements and said personalization and degree of standardization of the experience, and tried to digitize that in different ways. And what we've created today. Is essentially you come to the app you answer a bunch of questions and this is quite a similar way that you would go to a therapist uh, and they would they, in the first session they would try to understand you better and and then once you've answered these questions the algo kicks in and it creates a 28 day program for you right so what it does It creates a program that consists of psychological activities, mood trackers, information bits that you consume on a daily basis. The idea is to spend five to seven minutes on the app every day. And based on this consumption, you learn new psychological skills. And as you practice them, your symptoms or or how you're feeling should start improving from that perspective. So that's the broad idea. Uh, And then the optionality to either do this on your own or with the support of the psycho- uh, trained psychologist is available on the app so, so a, tra- a trained therapist and you could work together or you could do this on your own uh, uh, so that's the broad ecosystem uh so the core is this this program of psychological activities there's a lot of custom there's a customized content feed that goes with it that gets updated on a daily basis there are there are there are trackers that allow you to uh, uh sort of record how you're doing on a daily basis and then almost uh, make notes along with it, as, as, so it's like a mood diary, basically. And, and then there's the option to, to do all of this with the psychologist uh, in, a, in a in a collaborative journey, uh, or do it on your own. So it's a
1: combination of both uh, things that because uh, that was what I actually what I, what I was trying to get at, right? I mean, like you know, one of the things that I think around mental health treatment generally is that like you know, uh, most people who uh, I know who have gone, who have done this stuff. They work very closely with the psychiatrists they work with or the psychologists they go to, right? And so that is a big part of how you guys are looking. at it Because that was what my one of my questions there. That uh, and you addressed that to an extent, but maybe you can expand a little bit on that. How do you address the problem of customization so that people feel kind of personal? Uh, that the problems that addressed are personal problems rather than feeling like you know you're in like part of a larger process you know you what i'm saying like uh, people want to feel like you know they're being connected to personally right so how do you kind of do that in an app system where there is you know where you are the back end is clearly something where you have kind of like you know tried to make it uh, standardized but how do you make that standardization feel personalized
2: that's a great i question. hope that question no that, sense. that's a great question absolutely right so let's start by saying what we're trying to solve right we we are not trying to replace the professionals Right, so because because that's not the aim, is right. So if you think about the Indian ecosystem, the median time from somebody experiencing a psychological difficulty to actually going and seeing a professional is six years, right? So so there's a huge gap between when you first feel something's not alright, and then right, I'm at the door of a psychologist today or, or a psychiatrist right. today. So that's the gap we're addressing, right? So so now. What you so you can never get the degree of personalization or customization that a good professional will be able to give you with any kind of technology, right? And and we can talk about machine learning and automation, and we are not there, right? I mean, I spent a lot of time researching this before I uh, before we made the decision on the first product. And from a from a from where technology is today, we are not there, right? Right. So where where that degree of personalization can happen, that can replace a, a good professional, but there is a huge space between. Where you are when you first experience your first symptom, and uh, or, or or first realize something is not okay, and when it only show up at the door of a psychologist, and that time lag of six years, is what we don't support. Right now, if that's the benchmark, what people do today is a do nothing, b Google random stuff, c talk to a friend, go see a spiritual reader, or spiritual guide, uh, that, uh, or or and then that list has a long tail of other. Uh, Pretty poorly evidence based the things that people do over in that period of time, right? Or right. so so that's what we trying to replace. Right? That's the first thing to say. So so I, I wouldn't compare it in any way to what a good therapist or a good psychiatrist can do for you. That's that's a whole different value proposition altogether. Right now in that self care journey, the personalization happens to the algo, right? So that and that's that's getting better and better with data. We have now crossed over a million downloads in, in, uh, and 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 just that, that we have a lot of user data and that using the data. This, the algo keeps getting better and better. We keep learning more and more from that perspective, right? And essentially what we do is we look at the areas in which you're experiencing difficulties, uh, look at the metadata around it, and then build that program for you through the automated engine. And then as you progress in that journey, we keep updating that program every 15 days or 14 to 15 days. Uh, so it's 20 years. So 14, day, every 14 days, we keep updating the program and basically, by asking you a few few questions again, and so we ask you questions, and then we are we're now beginning to see the passive data, like like more longitudinal data as well as as you go through the program, and now trying to see if we can customize the program even further with other bits of data we collect. from. So right now the ablation happens based on assessment, but then uh, and and it happens every every two weeks. So so your assessment, which is unique to you and your condition, is what drives well, what the program looks like every every fourteen days.
0: Have you uh, you know a lot of Just to reference a little bit of the tech space that existed, uh, you know, in this domain, maybe. And I'm sure you looked at it when you started building this product uh, five years ago. Most of the apps, at least again, speaking from whatever personal experience I have of looking at this space, most of the apps sort of focused on things like meditation, sleep, obviously the mood charts and a few of these features sound familiar. And I know Inarar has a lot of those things as well. What made you, like, obviously you were coming from a clinical background and you know what, and you ex- expanded exactly on what you were trying to do, which is breach breach that, you know, initial phase of people who develop mental health problems. But when you looked at the rest of these things that existed in the space, did you think of doing something different or unique? Did you see something missing uh, or specific
2: for, let's say, the India space uh, that you built into the product? So I think... Absolutely. Right. So that's again great question. So, so uh, what exists in the ecosystem today on in the app space is is largely meditation wellness space, right? Uh, You've you, yeah. you referenced some of these products, and, and 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 some of them are fantastic products. Uh, I'm, I'm, I use some of those products myself. Uh, I see them as used complementary products to what what we do from that perspective, right? Uh, the uh, and I think for us the app is one part of the journey, right? We so we we didn't set out to, and we still don't believe that we're just going to be a self care app, right? So mm-hmm. already we are expanding from that initial user funnel to people who need more than that, right? So already we have a network of therapists uh, across the country who do deliver therapy in, in different languages. And and so so the, the next step into it is saying how do we now connect people who have taken that first step and started engaging with their mental health or, or emotional health and connect them to good professionals so they can start their therapy journey there, right? The next step from that is going to be saying how do we now that the regulation around, tele, uh, around t- telemedicine and prescribing has been... Uh, looked at by by the government in the last years and following the pandemic, how do we then now say, can we look at psychiatry and prescribing as part of this journey as the next step in that, right? And then how do we connect this to the offline ecosystem? So the idea being to have a holistic, one-stop shop for mental health uh, and needs of Indian users uh, all on the same technology platform, right? And and self-care is an important, but one one initial element of that journey from that perspective. If you look at the ecosystem, right? They, 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 there, there's some fantastic practitioners out there in this country, right? But, but a they are few and far between, and b they are concentrated in certain geographies, right? So, and I can I. <laughs> If you, plot, if you if you put a map of India up for me, I can tell you uh, exactly where those seven or eight pockets are, where, where a lot of good mental professions are sort of congregated from that perspective. And there's largely linked to where, where the good mental health institutions are, right? Where, where Namehands is, where Ames is, where, where CIP Ranchi is, where PDI Chandigarh is, where Pondicherry is. So there's, there's these cohorts of uh, psychiatrists that are clustered together from that perspective. Punjab is a, as a, as a, as a very interesting mm-hmm. anecdote, uh, sort of side, side story. You know, Ludhiana has... Uh, about 40 or 50 psychiatrists, which is more than the whole of Northeast of India put together, I think, if I'm, if I'm not wrong. And I don't, I, I, that's, wow. I think that's the right data, but I, 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 it's, a, it's a story of somebody in, in, in Ludhiana told me a few years ago. So just going back to the to the point uh, now, how do you bring access to a single technology platform in India to users so that their entire journey and their entire care co- continuum can be coordinated? Like, let, let me tell you, get, tell you what that mm-hmm. means. If you're in the West, you have Mental health clinics, you have inpatient units, you have uh, therapy services available in a fragmented manner. They're not connected to each other in most places, but they're still available, right? India, it's, as I said, that, that resource is very sparsely distributed, right? And, and it's still very scarce. And uh, while some of them are very, very good, they're, they're very, very limited in number, right? So So if you take that as a starting point, how do you then use technology to take a user who, when he the first experience mental difficulties, are lost and scared and then tell mm-hmm. them, we've got you, right? Tell them now, we will be able to support you meeting all your care needs throughout your mental health journey, right? Yeah. And that care need could be online or offline. But we will support you in saying how can can we meet all your care and Is digital platform? Can we care coordinate that journey? Let's talk about care coordination for a second, right? What does what do I mean when I use that word or use that use that phrase in in mental health? What's been shown is that once a user's journey is care coordinated, which means that somebody supports their mental health journey professionally, they're able to access better. Better treatments and get better treatment outcomes because unlike mm-hmm. other chronic illnesses, not like diabetes, for example, where user manages a number of complex elements of their journey themselves, sometimes with when somebody is experiencing mental health symptoms, they are not able to do that themselves at that point. So that can can yeah. somebody support that coordination? Now there are these. Formal roles exist in the West where people are called care coordinators, right? Uh, can we mm-hmm. do some of that care coordination work using a technology platform? So that depending on where you are in your journey, we give you access using using diagnostics, using using data, give you access to the right, right types of services or, or products, and then support you from one to the other seamlessly so that you get mm-hmm. the best outcomes possible, right? What is our not-start that we're trying to achieve is saying getting people the best outcomes possible in mental health, as early as possible. That so that's what we trying to achieve.
0: Perfect. No, no, that makes that makes complete sense. And again, that's why now I can understand why the platform is so can become so diverse. Uh, in fact, but before we before I ask you more about this, I actually want to take a quick break. Come back and talk some more. Hey, welcome back. Uh, we're talking to, of course, Amit Doshi and Dr. Amit Malik. Uh, Amit. <laughs> the amit um, our guest uh, has been telling us a lot about you know obviously in our uh, Amit you were talking about how you build the platform and the, you know obviously the wide spectrum that it addresses. I want to ask a little bit more about now that you've been doing this for five years and the platforms evolved and of course the last year was a pandemic. It's been it must have been like a huge uh, spike in the kind of you I would say audiences you were getting or the kind of market you're uh, dealing with. And as an entrepreneur or as a as a tech startup, I basically. Basically, I want to ask you: Who are, have you seen is your largest audience? Like, what is your addressable market that you've sort of found as as the people who are using your service?
2: So let's let's put that question to two or three. There's two or three parts there, right? One is the the impact of the pandemic, and and, and I, I can talk about that. Uh, second is looking at the, the 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 target user and and who are we really talking to, essentially from that perspective. Right? Yeah. So 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 uh, and and then and then. Uh, maybe looking at a geographical spread from that perspective as well and, and I can talk to that a bit. Yeah. So let's just let's just start by talking about the the impact of uh impact of covid right and 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 it's we were prepared for it. I mean and, and let me start by at the outset of, I don't think anybody was but but uh, uh but so we we I mean this is like about a year now since lockdown was announced if we are seeing 3x the number of users. Our downloads are up by about 3.5, 4x. We're seeing our revenues are up correspondingly, but we're also seeing we've also worked with a large number of employer organizations in the last year, right? So that's, that's the other bit that we, 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 we didn't talk about. So explicitly in, in, in the platform, we do, we have a, we have an employer offering, which is a B2B offering to support employees. And that sort of saw a huge spike, uh, sort of May, June time. We launched a pro bono program to support employers and, and, and frontline healthcare workers uh, around May or June. And, and following that, we saw we were working with about 90 odd employer organizations, uh, large and small both, right? So we worked with some very large multinationals. And, and we work with some very very small startups across the range to support their employees, and, and that's that's what's happening. So, so in, so, and then the kind of stuff that's been happening with, with the pandemic, the initial uptick was really around insecurities, so financial and health insecurities, and how would, there would were, those were insecurities are like a feeder raw material for anxiety, right? So, and so that 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 can be psychological difficulty. The second big spike we saw was people who had. Been getting emotional support from professionals elsewhere, but suddenly that stopped, right? Because suddenly offline centers, hospitals shut down, and then so you if you split to split the new user group in two parts. One was existing users in the ecosystem who were getting support from professionals, and that support suddenly disappeared at least in in the early stages. Or new users, new, new users present. Can never say this right. New users presenting uh, who uh, who who basically uh because of whether it's insecurity or whether it's to because of being locked up in in, in, their, in their houses or, or 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 the intense pressure they're experiencing uh, due to intense emotional interaction with family or the stresses at work uh, present for the first time with psychological difficulties right yeah. uh i, I we, we 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 work very closely with uh, a gentleman called professor Shekhar Saksena who's uh, used to be the who's uh uh, global mental health lead for 10 years and now as a professor at Harvard. And, 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 uh, Shekhar really talks about this, uh, crisis over crisis over crisis. That is, he it it basically talks about, uh, and he talks about the impact of Ebola. And the data WHO looked at at that point saying that the mental health need in those populations went up by about five times in the subsequent years, right? So oh. you you already have a situation here where, and, and the first papers are now beginning to come out, out of Europe, at least, looking at what what's the impact of the pandemic and population mental health is beginning to be already, right? So, so when you think of the situation where individuals were not getting, this is already a crisis in India because one ninety-seven million people with mental illness, most ninety-five percent treatment gap, right? Then you get to a situation where uh, you have this pandemic, which is for a very a large number of reasons increasing that morbidity. And then okay. you get a situation where access is limited, so, this is, so this is, that's, what, that's what he calls price it: crisis on a crisis on a crisis. So it's all it's all multiplicative effects of what, what, what happened there, right? So that's 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 what happened in the pandemic. We we've, we've really seen an uptick. I do think one silver lining, if there's any, of the last year. Is that the conversations about mental health have become a lot more vocal and public? Right, so people are now openly talking about it. Superstars are talking about it. In in, uh, in India, you, the, the two the two massive influences and in, uh, are Bollywood and cricket, and 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 both sets of people have talked about their mental health challenges in the last year uh, quite openly. And I think that that's a huge silver lining. But more importantly, on the ground, employers are talking about it. Right, so so where in, even even in more traditional business houses where Five years ago, this would have been saying, "Oh, just get it together and you know pull your socks up." It's really about saying, "How can we support our employees through this?" And that's really heartening to see that 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 that, that uh, people are uh, people people are talking about it in a positive and supportive manner, and the conversations about mental health to become more explicit. And what that does is, is 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 in a subliminal way allows and gives people permission to to talk about this stuff, right? to themselves start as a starting point, uh, and acknowledge to themselves that yeah, this is hard, and then to to their to their families and colleagues where five years ago they would have felt embarrassed or ashamed or weak to have that conversation, so so I think that's that's I think a massive positive from from from, from the last year if any. the uh, the second question you asked me was really around the, the target group and target market uh, or addressable market. You see there there is it is a interesting split right. so when you look at these self-care app users, you get a younger population. People in people in their first jobs, people people in college now, but but the younger sort of eighteen to twenty-five, like, right? More and then, self-aware, sort of audience. Yeah, more self-aware. I think there are more conversations happening in that, those ecosystems, right? Uh, so, uh, absolutely. And then, but interestingly, as you look at what group starts experi uh, sort of accessing therapy more, and to that's a slightly older audience. Right, and mm-hmm. I think it's a function of uh, a more both a more traditional way of accessing services, uh, which is I want to talk to somebody, but also a function of affordability. Right, so the thing I think uh, cost of, cost does play a bit into that, where where the younger audience is using a, a self-care model more than 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 mm-hmm. the older audience. And when you look at the geographical spread, this is very interesting, and we, this totally took us by surprise. So, and this data is about four months old, so we haven't updated it since then. But but the metro plus Tier 1 traction we saw in India was the same as Tier 2 plus Tier 3. So oh, really? so, so we are seeing, we saw access in over 100 cities in India uh, in the last year, and we saw last year numbers being tier two, Metro plus Tier 1 equal to Tier 2 plus Tier 3. Wow. So, that's so, so, so that, was, that was very interesting.
1: Astounding. For us to say, yeah. yeah. No, that's really astounding. I think of like some of the other stats I look at, and generally you see more like Metro is equal to Tier 1 plus Tier 2 plus Tier 3. And here you're saying Metro plus Tier 1 is equal to Tier 2 plus Tier 3. That means Tier 2 and Tier 3 are really
2: accessing uh, the long, services. So the, and I, I think there's two parts to it. A, there's a long term. I mean, there's huge, I mean, uh, it's, been a, it's been a learning experience. I, I, there, there are there, are, there are towns i never heard of, and and, and you you mm-hmm. see, see them pop up in your, on your on your uh, monthly report chart, and like, I say, "Where is this town?" <laughs> right. where is yeah. So, so that's that's one, and then uh, that which sounds very vernacular when I now say that aloud. But this, but the second thing is, so there's, I think there's just large number of those towns, and, and I think that's. Mm-hmm. But secondly, I think there's just lack of services in, the, in those towns mm-hmm. because because yeah. these the the, the, the Therapists and psychiatrists are really sitting in, 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 in metro pockets. So, I think that's the second thing that drives that utilization. And the problem is pervasive, right? The problem is agnostic to social strata. It's igno- so, where you see a differentiation yeah. is it's probably, no, that's not probably, it's definitely more prevalent in urban areas than rural areas. And that's not to do with the, 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 the modern urban environment stressors and how those sort of uh, act as, uh, act as uh, propagators of, of mental illness. Uh, so, 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 so we definitely see many of these conditions are 2 3x more common in urban areas compared to rural areas. So that's one differentiator. But besides that, a lot of these conditions are spread quite evenly across across mm-hmm. different towns and cities and and uh so, that, so, so that's that's why you know we shouldn't have been that surprised but we were we were surprised by the number when we first saw it and i said a oh, wow, this is, uh, do you- do you think it has, uh, uh,
1: and again, this might be a slightly broader question, but do you think that this has something to do with the fact that when you're interacting, so, I mean, like, you know, the stigmas around mental health don't really come into play or people don't really understand, uh, the people who need help are generally, Kya that's the problem, right? I mean, like, it's not that I need help, it's what are people around me going to say? The yeah. fact that they're interacting on a mobile phone in a private way, do you think that has something to do with the fact that uh, you're seeing uptake so evenly across the country?
0: Possibly anonymous way. I mean, at least from my immediate circle
2: in that sense. Like I'm just a patient to the phone. I, I'm, I'm absolutely confident that that's a huge part to play that. Absolutely. Right. But you know, Amit, on that point of lo kya ka right? That, that stigma point. The interesting learning we had in the first year, you know, we talked, we had these thousand plus conversations. And the interesting learning we had in the first year was, the bigger barrier in the initial days, initial days is not Lokya ganga. It's like, is this who I am? Am I am I weak? Am I am I quote unquote uh-huh. mad? Right. So there's a degree of self-stigma that people have to get over first before they start worrying about external stigma. Hmm. So part of the reason that for the delay to happen when you when you talk about the delayed access to treatment is driven by that. It's yeah, like just acknowledging it. Uh, uh, and acknowledging both acknowledging and accepting it, right? Both saying that is that is is, is is that who I am? Is am I am I weak? Am I am I am I mad? I'm putting all those, those words in quotes because they're very derogatory in, 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 in any parts. Yeah. But we, and then the acceptance that no, I just this is like any uh, the illness or any other affliction, I need to go and get treatment and get better, right? So so yeah. because it's the and, and I, I I want to take this the user platform to say this out to people who are going to listen. The sad part of this, this this entire journey is that a lot of these illnesses are treatable, right? This is the sad part, right? And, and, and with high degree of success. Now, you know, and and, and that's where I, I always tell other medical professions as well, when people come and say, oh, people don't get better with mental illness. And I'm like, people get better as often as somebody with diabetes gets better. <laughs> right. Right. Because, because you're taking a pill for life. Right. If you're taking an injection for diet. It's not like you got better. You, you but you got you, you're very well treated and you can you can remain well and function fully. And that that's what you can achieve with most of the metanalysis. Right. So so but people don't see it that way. And that's what we can and the degree of what I call therapeutic nihilism, which means essentially that 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 nothing can be done about it. Hmm. Right. And that unfortunately also exists in parts of the medical profession. Right. So it's not just so, so because because a lot of the signposting that needs to happen when you go and see another doctor, right? all people in India present with psychosomatic symptoms. What that means is that when you're experiencing yeah. a, a psychological difficulty, you present with a headache or a backache. I was talking to a friend who runs a back pain service, and, and he talks quite routinely about how 20 to 30% of their clients have... Clear psychological needs, so they've started employing psychologists in the service. And so wow. that, so that's so uh, because because uh, with, with, with back pain, with uh, with with people with headaches, people with feeling, feeling weak, and for. for small but significant proportion of that after you ruled out all the medical issues, you find out that actually the need is psychological. There's a book about that
1: which actually, so I, I hurt my back a few years ago <laughs> and I read everything about back to that point in time. And there's a book that talks a lot about how stress basically causes backaches for like a
2: huge chunk of people. Absolutely right. Wow. So, so I worked in a large, I was worked in a very large university hospital in Nottingham during my fellowship years, actually doing both my residency and fellowship years. And what you saw was the huge overlap. Now there's, I mean, there's there's last studies to support this. Now the huge overlap between uh, psychological morbidity and chronic physical illnesses. Mm-hmm. Right? So 30, almost 30 to 40 percent of diabetics right have a psychological need that, that needs to be met right. as an example. So when people present that way, but there's a part of the profession who has that has a degree of therapeutic nihilism, saying nothing can be done about that, then you're losing a massive opportunity to signpost people in the right way and saying, Right, you need to. And, and so we've been talking to some very, very progressive healthcare providers in India right now in the last, last couple of years, and they're, they're having really progressive conversations about how we can integrate sort of mental health and psychological care pathways within treatment for chronic illnesses like diabetes, cancer, heart conditions, uh, so, that, so that it cannot all be part of the same sort of journey, essentially, from that perspective.
0: I, I also want to ask about you mentioned earlier. There was like uh, last year, of course, there was a big focus on because of the pandemic by the go- by the government or some uh, the, from the organizational bodies also in the in this space. But do you think that's uh, where it should be? during you think it, what the, uh, plat- the government or agencies are doing enough, or there's a lot more? Like, what are you expecting, uh, especially as an entrepreneur in this space or a, and a technology platform in this space? Do you think you have what the country needs for this space to get better from a regulatory standpoint today.
2: I think we have to be clear as somebody in this space in terms of what we need. Right, I, I think we are developing that clarity over a period of time. I think my general view of uh, this is my broad view, nothing to do with nothing to do with exactly what we're doing right now, but is that there's a lot of support uh, from in- institutional structures today if you are asking clear questions. Right. And, 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 and so I think that's, that's, at least that's what our understanding has been. Uh, we've been working with a the, with the consortium called the SWAST consortium, uh, which is set up by the Act Grant That's a lot of the, uh, the startup ecosystem set up uh, at, at the beginning of the pandemic uh, with all the VCs contributing to that. Right? So uh, Mukesh Pansal at CureFit and, and a few of his colleagues sort of really propagated this platform called SWAST. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I, I sort of co lead the mental health part of that that, that initiative with the, with the founder of visa uh, the the, so the other mental health startup in, in India. Uh, so Ramakant and I could sort of co uh the mental health uh, part of Swast, and and they have been interacting with with uh, quasi government and government agencies across the health spectrum. And I think there's it's been a lot of collaboration there. From what I've understood, there nice. there's a lot of lot of keenness to collaborate and get access to people. And you know the the way the government responded. So quickly in the beginning, to get to get the guidelines sorted for online prescribing, for example, telemedicine, yeah, uh, very early on. That was very proactive. That's right? so as an example. So, so I think the the intent is definitely there. I think it's it's incumbent upon us who are in this space, whether it's mental health or health generally, to really ask the right questions and 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 and, uh, and seek supported, structured manner. I think that. Is there to be had right now.
0: So. There's a. I remember there was a conversation around, uh, this is a lot more commercial, I think, but insurance, right? I know a lot of companies who do now, let's say, prescribe mental health uh, services to their employees. There's also, And they, normally companies also do medical insurance for their employees. But there's this aspect of mental health being covered or not covered that always gets
2: discussed a little bit. Is this something you think there's still a big gap? The gap is there, absolutely. But I think legislation is now there to... Uh, encourage that gap being bridged very quickly. Right. So, yeah. so the mental health act got passed in 2017 and it's now, I think, been notified in many states and it's getting notified in the others. Uh, what the act is saying, as far as I've understood it, is about parity between physical and mental health as far as insurance coverage is concerned. Right. So, yeah. so, so that, what that means by definition is that if you're going to cover a certain type of treatment, uh, let's say outpatient treatment for a medical condition, you have to cover out. Treatment for a psychological condition as well, and so and yeah. that didn't happen before, right? So going back a decade or so, you take that's, that's a big step. So I think I think, and I, and I know that the regulator has been asking questions of insurance providers, saying, "Where are you on providing this cover?" And uh, so, and I know some of the, some of the insurance companies we've been dealing with have been asking us, saying, "Can you help us?" price the product, and how do,
0: we, so, so, how do we… Yeah, so does your product come under that? And when someone wants to, let's say, avail of this, and does does it fall under this sort of a spec, like actual medical…
2: I, I think we're still working services. on that. I think the I think insurance company like, is still working out what that will look like. I think as as a okay. cover, I think some of them are proactive to start offering the service to the retail clients already. Right? So we partnered yeah. with, with one of them uh, last year, last couple of years, to offer some of our services on a pilot basis. To the to their clients, the insurance plans directly, to retail retail plans directly, from from that perspective. Nice. So that's what, I think it's happening. I think I think, I think it's happening, and it'll, it'll become clearer in the next year. or So you also raise the point of employers, right? That's been I think, as I said, it has been a big shift where a lot more employers that are providing our products and services, for example, to their employees. Uh, and we 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 run a structured program. We haven't talked about that, but we run a structured program which includes sort of anonymized assessments. Uh, a program based on the data we get for the organization, we structure a program of workshops and webinars uh, for employees around mental health and psychological support. We then give them access to a network of therapists in 60 cities, uh, and, and, and speak in different languages. And then they give access to all, all parts of the paid and the free parts of the app itself. Right. So the assess the the in, in, in our webinars, the in, in our therapists, and in our app are all put on the same platform with the right kind of dashboards and data visualizations at a group level so we don't share any individual employee data back with the employer but at a group level sharing the data so that we can draw from the group data and 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 the learnings from that so that the organization can uh, both implement different types of corporate communication but also policy changes to support groups of employees so as, as an example when we looked at the data for one particular team in a large organization, we, we learned that work-life balance was particularly a huge issue. And that helped mm-hmm. them institute those changes in, the, in in that particular team. One place we learned that re, re, returning mothers, mothers returning to work, was a huge challenge for one particular organization and then they institute policies for that. So essentially, this, this diagnostic really yeah. helps Introduce changes that will help people's emotional health, and then they have other support available. A lot more—we're seeing a lot more traction on that product over the last year, and definitely. From, and we are, we are. Yeah, I was,
0: I was going to ask that. I mean, I'm, the success of all of these efforts and outcomes must be also very visible in in a lot of these ways. We're right? nine. Well, obviously, well, individuals, well, of course, they.
2: We're well, we nine X, X, X. X. I mean, we're nine X in terms of the number of employees we're employees we serving compared to last year, basically. Right? Wow! So, wow! So, so. Uh, so, actually, so,
1: awesome. yeah, you uh, just a uh, question. I guess uh, we're almost out of time now at this point. You recently re- finalized a fundraise. So, what are your plans? How are you looking to expand this? How are you looking to grow this? Yeah.
2: So we are so we raised about uh, about point two million dollars, led by Lightbox Ventures, mm-hmm. uh, in, in in a couple of months ago. And and the idea really is to build more depth into the product itself and the platform. As I was talking to sheila before, as uh, saying that. How does a product more holistically uh, cater to the needs of uh, people suffering from not just mild conditions, but also more moderate to severe conditions? And, and that means uh, having a, a combination of both preventable or security solutions available through the platform. And so the idea is to build out uh, those solutions and, and integrate them as part of the same product solution for the user, right? So it's, it's going to be the same platform, but the elements to it that's still going to be built out so that we can cater to the needs of people who have more complex mental health conditions as well and that's i think that's that's the large part of where that funding is going to go essentially awesome awesome like
0: again since uh, just as a last shout out what do you recommend uh let's say if if there's a startup founder listening to this if there's a small company big company listening to this how do they reach you how do they get to what do you recommend they should do for them for their employees and how could they work with you, uh, and of course, a shout out to where uh, if people want to.
1: Are you
2: on? Yeah, yeah. Are you on social media stuff? I... So I think the first point is very, very important to entrepreneurs, right? So, so I, I, I would, for entrepreneurs, I'd say look after yourself. Because if you if you don't look after yourself, you cannot look after the rest of the team. So look, look, do look after yourself. That's 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 the most important thing. I am one. So I know it's easier to say it than do it. Uh, but but it's critical to look after yourself. That's that's what I would say. To employers, I would say that it's it's more than a. And then a buzzword saying that your employees are your best, that is your most valuable asset they are. Uh, and, and, uh, and it's been proven scientifically again and again that a team pays the biggest alpha in a company's profitability. So, so look after your employees and look after not just their physical health, but also their mental health. Uh, how do you treat them? But how, what kind of access and support you give to them is really critical. And, and it's been shown again that services like ours, products like ours get up to a nine times ROI on the amount invested. Right. So there's, there's an interesting paper from Deloitte. So so access the service, reach out to us. We are at www.innerhour.com. And uh, so there's a number there. Just reach out to us uh, or drop me a line at amit at the innerhour.com. I'll connect you to the right people, but but do reach out and, and, and get... And to people generally I'd say, get help if you need help, right? Because you you'd end up getting help five or six years later anyways. Your treatment's much harder. Your outcomes are poorer the longer you wait. So so if you're experiencing psychological difficulties, get help faster because there's a much higher chance that you'll get better fully and that you'll feel better completely if you get treatment early, essentially.
0: And and even if you don't know, I mean, I think with apps like yours, you can just download it and just go through a quick self-assessment. You may not even know that you need some sort of feedback mechanism right
2: so absolutely right yeah, so the, we, right are, we are we are on, we are both on play store and app store take, and, and there's a free there's a free and a paid version both so you can if nothing else you can just use the free version. Right? So there, there's enough yeah. there in the free version to help you. So, so download the free version and use that. Oh,
1: awesome. If I could just remind everybody, uh, we really would appreciate a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this. Also, uh, we're doing this as video on YouTube as well nowadays. So if you want to watch instead of listen, you can do that on our YouTube channel at
2: IBM Podcasts.
0: Yes. And thank you, Amit. Uh, Dr. Amit Malik, thank you so much. This was an awesome hour, I would say, almost of understanding exactly what this is. And of course, congratulations on the fundraise and the journey so far uh, and going ahead with our we hope to you know uh, hope a lot of folks today listening are inspired to sort of try it out and of course ensure that they get better in their own mental health journey thank you so
2: much for being with no, us no thank you for having me and thank you for letting me talk about mental health it's so important for everybody thanks Al. absolutely thank you